Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 and 7. Isaiah, my favourite, favourite Old Testament prophet. He said in verse 6 of Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. Amen. What a beautiful text. Right as I begin this subject, God is calling you into a relationship with him. And if you have wandered far from him or if you have never known him, God still says turn. Look at me, come to me, I will forgive. And he gives peace and he completes us. There is an increased interest in the occult. There is an increased interest in the supernatural, in witchcraft, spells, satanic rituals. Hard to believe, but there's actually an increased interest in Satan himself. A being who, as a follower and a disciple of God, I consider mankind's greatest, fiercest, most dangerous enemy. We see this interest expressed in the music we listen to and sing. We see it on our television screens, on the huge movie screens, in the books we read. And even in the religion and practices that some of us are involved in. And I see it everywhere. This is a difficult part of the sermon for me, and I don't enjoy it. But I want to give you 12 quick examples of the occult and how it is saturating our community, our world, and our lives. I was in PNG. I was doing a mission up there in the highlands. It was an area immersed and saturated in the occult where witch doctors reigned supreme. And I went up there and I looked those people, 10, 20,000, may have been 30,000 there, I don't know, too many to count. And I looked them in the eye from the stage and I said, God is more powerful than Satan. He is a loser and he's got his covenant and he knows it. Satan didn't like what we were doing. We're in the highlands. The weather patterns don't allow tornadoes up there. There's no such thing. But we saw a tornado in the middle of the day without a cloud in the sky with the sun shining brightly whistle through that camp and above the tent where we were training people to go out and share Jesus and shred that tent to bits. They put the hair on the back of my neck up. As I realised that I was in the presence of Satan and he was using his power to try and hinder the work of God. That's the occult. I have a brother who doesn't go to church. I think he loves the Lord, though. He's in an apartment in Brisbane a few years ago with some flatmates. He comes home, they're in a seance. They've got the board on the table and they've got demons talking to them. He may not have been following the Lord closely, but he's not silly, and I hope and pray you're not either. Because when he saw this seance, he walked straight into his room, shut the door and locked it. He went to sleep. It was a troubled sleep in the middle of the night. There was a growl of a demon as the demon came into his room and pulled his blankets off and threw them against the wall on the other side of the room. 
My brother rang my father up in the middle of the night. Dad had to come and get him at two in the morning. They shifted out and he never went back. That's an example of the occult. I was on the Gold Coast. I'm a young pastor. There was a young couple. They were living outside of marriage in sin. They were living together. The girl was a beautiful, wispy, thin, small girl. The boy, the boyfriend, was a big surfer dude. Uh, almost in as good a shape as I am, actually. <laughs> he was a genuine surfer, you know, cut. He rings me up one morning at four in the morning, desperate. I went across there. We don't know how it happened, but a demon had come into that girl, had possessed her. And he took, she took that demon through her, took to this big surfer dude. He looked like he'd been in three rounds with Mike Tyson. That's an example of the occult. I like to watch the NFL. I was in America for a year studying. A student over there got to love basketball. Still love basketball. You know, it's one of the few games I could never get a hold of, basketball. I still can't bounce a ball. I don't know, there's something wrong I, inside of me. I just can't bounce the thing. I like the NFL. So I like to, that's a football, American football. It's a complex game. It's an interesting game. It's a tough game. Not as tough as our game, but it's a tough game. I watched in 2012 and again in 2015, America, the bastion of Christianity, the foundation of modern Christianity. She who sent her missionaries to the whole world, including Australia. We are in the church today because of Americans. Praise the Lord. Amen. American missionaries. But here we have America. NFL. Biggest football in the game. Watch, biggest football game in the world. Watched by billions. In 2012, Madonna. 2015, Katy Perry. Get up. Dressed as pagan occultic goddesses the whole program I was gobsmacked the whole program it was full of occultic symbols innuendos and Satan in America at the halftime show of the NFL Super Bowl was receiving worship through these women to the masses that's an example of the occult. I have a friend who works in an Adventist Aboriginal school in the outback. She's rang me up a number of times, deeply disturbed as demons turn up and harass the Aboriginal students in their homes and in their dorms during the night, sometimes even physically attacking them. That, in our Indigenous people, is an example of the occult. Hannah has Netflix. Lloyd doesn't have TV. Thank you, Lizka. She's the one who banned television from our home. Someone said, praise the Lord. <laughs> I've done a whole lot more reading since I married Lizka. And I've tried to... No, I better not tell you that I've tried to bring TV back but well sometimes I miss it <laughs> yeah that's my TV there <laughs> and that's as close as I get to watching it every week singing hymns and songs of praise with you Hannah puts me on her Netflix naughty girl Hannah 
I found a series called, man, it's hard to find something decent to watch, isn't it? Even on Netflix where there's hundreds of thousands of programs. found a series called Long Mire. Do you know that one? About a sheriff. My age, so I'm identifying with him. He looked a bit like me too. Well, down here anyway. Oh, no, he was in better shape than me. Tough guy. But a good man. I thought, oh, I found something I can watch. Second program in the series. Oh, my heart sank. He's sitting in a wigwam with an Indian because he lives in Wyoming. And they're bringing up demons in the smoke of the wigwam. That's an example of the occult. And I can't watch Longmire now either, Liska. She said, good. (laughs) Harry Potter, Twilight, Lord of the Rings. On our big screens, witches, wizards, goblins, spells, demons, vampires. If you've watched any of these types of movies online, if you've got them in your video library, if you have been to the movies to watch them, then I'm telling you, as gently as I, and yet firmly as I can, as a man of God, you have experienced the occult firsthand. There is a rise in pagan religions in the occult in the West. In fact, in the United Kingdom, the occult is the fastest growing religion. This is worship to Satan in the country. And in Australia, it's in the top three. It's incredible, isn't it? Examples of the occult. I could go to music. Where do I start? The entire Secular. When I say the entire, let me say that again. Almost the entire secular music industry is immersed, saturated, drenched. It's drowning in the occult. And I think maybe we as Christians, it's time we opened our eyes. Look, if you don't believe me, Google it. Go online, find out for yourself. Drenched in the occult. But it's not... Well, I... I think of the biggest rock band in the world, Coldplay. Some pretty nice tunes, that group. I'm not oblivious to this stuff. Viva La Vida, their most famous song. Had a look at it the other day on YouTube. 200 million hits. Can you believe it? Reflections of Lucifer. That's what that song's about. It's Lucifer reflecting his journey. Now don't you all go home and listen to it. I don't want to see 200 million and 167. (laughs) But it's not just in secular music, it's in spiritual music too. I remember when I was a youth leader in New Zealand. Together, there was two of us. We had a youth camp, girl come along to the youth camp. We were singing songs from the charismatic... Uh, revival times. There was a girl there who had actually come there, obviously had been moving and mucking around and generating herself into the occult. And in front of the youth at the youth camp and the youth director, she gets possessed by a demon. That's a scary thing. And we need to keep our eyes open. And we can't just say because something is religious or it's secular that everything out there, it seems, is dangerous. 
And we need a deep walk with Jesus to be able to see them. I think of the new age, yoga, meditation, astrology, star reading, fortune telling. It's even coming into the church, did you know that? In fact, it's been in the church for almost 2,000 years in the Eastern Church. But it's coming into the Western Church. And you see preachers and teachers getting up, television preachers getting up and encouraging people to get into these chanting prayers and centering prayers where they're opening their minds and clearing their, their minds and demons are walking straight in. It's an example of the occult. I could go on and on and on. There's, there's online games, video games, online games. Diablo, one of the biggest selling games. Diablo 1, Diablo 2, Diablo 3 just seems to keep coming out in new versions. I had a bit of a weakness to these in the past. I don't go anywhere near them now. In Diablo, they do battle in a dungeon underneath a little village using weapons and sorcery. And they learn, this amazes me, in the, the, the online game, computer game, they learn high-level spells. And the highest person, the highest character you can become in the game is a sorcerer. And it's full of demons and wizards and magic. It uses tarot cards and clairvoyant approaches. Incredibly dangerous. And you can go again and Google it all. And you're going to see just example after. It's there. You can Google it. Games. Online games. Do it. Go home, Google it. Online games in the occult. You're just going to see the majority of them are immersed, saturated, drenched, drowning in the occult. And then there is myself. I have dabbled in some of these things myself, not in an overt way. I've never been involved in seances. I've never been to a witch, a clairvoyant, a fortune teller. But I have watched programs on television that I shouldn't have. I have opened myself up to these dark forces. And if most of you are honest, so too have you. I have listened to music that is authored by the darkness, by the demons, by Satan himself. I have watched television programs that had advanced Satan and the occult and I have received them as entertainment not realising that I'm opening my mind to these demonic powers. And I have gone into battle for God in places like New Guinea where the occult is out there in your face. It is overt. It is a challenge for every pastor who goes up there to preach and teach. And I have seen the power of God in these places, but I have had demons get hold of me physically and throttle as they did to my grandfather, try and throttle the very life out of me. In fact, I had one demon follow me back to Australia. And he's been plaguing me on and off for eight years, but you want to know something? I've learned how to deal with him. And do you know how I deal with him? I don't. I give it to Jesus. And every time he comes to visit, you know what? He hasn't been to visit me since I've been married to you, Liska. She's kind of given a sigh of relief there. <laughs> scared of you or scared of your God? <laughs> but I have learned to call on the name of Jesus. Amen? I have learned his power. And I have no fear anymore. I do have respect. But I have no fear of these demonic forces because I know who the king is. And I serve him. And he is Jesus Christ. And he is the power. And he can rescue and save anyone caught in this darkness.
Let's look just for a moment at what the Bible has to say about the occult. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19. Someone may say to you, let us ask the mediums. See, this occultic stuff is thousands of years old. It's always been with us from the first time Satan came to Eve. That was occultic. As a snake, it has always been with the world. And here's Isaiah. 800 years before Jesus, 2,800 years ago. He says, and this is good advice for us today. Someone may say to you, let's ask mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings, they will tell us what to do. But shouldn't our people ask God for guidance? Amen? Should the living seek the guidance from the dead? I am amazed in this city of ours of how many people who go to witches and clairvoyants and tarot card readers and astrologers for guidance. How many of you, and I hope it doesn't apply to anyone here or anyone watching online, but how many of you when you're reading the paper or reading one of those women's magazines at the doctor? It's the only time I see them, you know. They've got some interesting articles in them actually. But you know what? They're full of Horoscopes. How many of you flick through and look at your horoscope for the day? It's occultic. It's of the devil. You're opening your mind to those dark forces. You know, I made a decision. I know what my horoscope, I want to say my horoscope, I know what my star sign is, unfortunately. But I made a decision when Hannah and Danae were born. One was born in May and the other was born in December. Never to find out what their horoscopes were. And to this day, praise the Lord, I don't know. Look, it might not mean a big deal to you, but it was one of my stands that I made in my life. Hallelujah. On Sunday night, sometimes I'm coming home from the farm, having done a hard day's work there, Liska, while you've been home relaxing. (laughs) We all know that's not true. I pretend I'm working out there and I go and get on that big double bed in the sun and go to sleep. I come home, I turn the radio on, 2GB, my, one of the stations I listen to. And here's a, I don't know whether she's a witch or a tarot card reader or a fortune teller, they're all the same, serving the same dark force, taking calls from the public. And they can't keep up with the people inundating the phone line, trying to get guidance and leading from demons. I feel like ringing them up and saying, here's new hope number, ring Claire. (laughs) She'll give you the Bible. She'll share with you somewhere where you can go and find genuine leading. That's why God says, seek me, seek me. Seek me through Bible study. Seek me in prayer. Meditate on God. If you're going to meditate, don't open your mind up and go into nothing, allowing demons to rush in. Sit down, be quiet, and think about Jesus on the cross for you and go through the scenes of the crucifixion. Oh, hallelujah, you'll be blessed. Seek God, seek God, seek God. If there's something the Adventist church can say to our city and to our community and to the world, it's seek God. Leviticus 19.31 Do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. 
I am the Lord your God. The Bible says that when we turn to the occult, when we watch, let me bring this home to us in the 21st century, because I don't think there's too many of you guys out there with Ouija boards in seances. I don't think too many of you go into witches or clairvoyance or fortune. Well, I hope and pray you're not. If you are, stop. You're putting yourself in great danger. But I think a lot of us Christians are watching Twilight. Story about vampires, which are just personifications of demons. A girl meets a demon. A girl falls in love with a demon. A girl marries a demon. God forbid, and we're being entertained by this stuff. God says that when we watch this, when we're entertained by it, we defile ourselves. It's a tough message, but it's one that God gives us in love. The occult will defile you. It will leave you dirty and broken with your mind destroyed. You know, everyone who goes into the occult eventually gets their mind pulled apart, destroyed, end up in psychiatric wards, many of them. And of course, psychiatry doesn't know what to do with them. Because they're demon-possessed. It was interesting when Jesus came to the earth. He was freeing person after person after person. Read the the story in the Gospels of demon possession. And it's still here in the world today because our minds are being opened up and we're being defiled by the human beings who, who are designed to be in the presence of God are being defiled by these demons in their dirty, filthy ways. Dangerous things. They'll leave you dirty, broken, your mind destroyed and eventually you'll die. With nothing for company but a demon in depression and despair. I think of Alistair Crowley, lived from 1875 to 1947. He's an avowed Satanist, modern father of spiritualism. Spent his life travelling the East looking for magic and deeper insights into the occult and got into Hinduism, Buddhism and a whole lot of other Eastern mystic religions. He committed his wife to an asylum She only lasted 10, 15 years with him. And she committed to an asylum, broken down, drunk, never recovered, and she died. He was bisexual. He lived a life of sexual depravity. And when he died in 1947, this is a historical fact said by his friends, his last words were, I am perplexed. One of his disciples, Anton LaVey, wrote the first satanic bible one of the most wicked men i think whose lives is open for us to study he died in 1997 and his last words were oh my oh my what have i done there is something very wrong there is something very wrong and he died because the occult and, defi- and demons defile you and destroy you. Think of some of those who have followed Christ. I think of Alan White. Lived from 1827 to 1915. One of the founders and pioneers of, of our church, the Adventist church. Travelled the world, setting up colleges, hospitals, churches and schools. In fact, I have come to this church. My previous church, Wurunga Adventist Church, was a church set up by Ellen White. So she has impacted my ministry directly 
most prolific female author in history. During her lifetime, she wrote more than 5,000 periodical articles and 40 books, and they're good books if you ever get a chance to read one of them. And when she died, her last words, the last breath in her conscious moments, were her last words were, I know in whom I have believed. Compare her experience with Alistair Crowley's or Anton LaVey or David Livingstone, that great English Protestant missionary to Africa. He's in Africa. He's got sick. He knows he's dying. It's 1873. And he says to his helpers, and these are his last words, build me a hut to die in. Soon I'm going home. Don't you like that? You see the difference between the two groups of disciples and followers? One group die in despair. The other group, they die with glory in their mind and on their lips and in their heart. They have hope. You're right, brother. John A. Lith, he was a beloved Western, a beloved Wesleyan Methodist minister. Wesleyan church. The Methodist church has had a great impact on Adventism. It's probably the church where most of the early founders came from, or one of them anyway. And this missionary, John A. Leith, he died in 1886. He served as a missionary in Ceylon, which is now Sri Lanka. And he had this to say on his birthday. On his 65th birthday, the day he actually died. He said, can this be death? Why? It's better than living. And then he says this, and these are his last words. Tell them I die happy in Jesus. Doesn't that make you want to get a bit teary? You compare both sides. There's no comparison. 